0: Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won.
1: Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, B.H. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles out of obedience to God as a way to raise, sustain, and celebrate our unique families. Today's podcast will have two segments. The first segment I'm going to talk about, well, why so serious or why it's worth, why we should strive to do the, you know, do the hard work of trying to be role models and um, being the bigger person, what it's about, why, why do it if we're going to have problems and, and it seems like other people get away with stuff. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. Second segment Z time. I'm going to talk to TJ about uh, about voting. Oh, oh goodness! I'm going to talk to King about voting. Um, this was his first time his first time being able to vote. He just turned 18 this year, and we um, we did it in a different way. So I'm going to talk to him about his perspective on voting, um, what it was like. I'm just going to ask him a few things about the whole process and. Allow you guys to hear what somebody from Generation Z um, just happens to look at this particular voting cycle and the notion of voting in general. So two segments. Plus, I also want to take this opportunity to remind everyone that we're going through some really exciting times right now. As I mentioned before, in the coming weeks, we will be having a lot more collaborations We'll try to have at least one collaborative segment before or after Z time. We will have these collaborations either weekly or biweekly. So stay tuned for that. Also, I want to remind everyone again that I'm really, really close to having my second novel completed. Um, I'm in the process of getting it formatted and waiting to get my get the proofs back. Once I see that and sign off on them, I'll feel more comfortable telling you a little bit more about the, about the book. Um, I'll probably tell you a little bit more about why I wrote the book and all of that kind of stuff, but that'll be coming within the next couple of weeks too. So uh, like I said, two segments, this first segment is why so serious? Why all the effort? Why should I work like a dog All you know, those things that you might have thought to yourself silently as you went ahead and um, did what you needed to or, or those things you might have thought. And you got to the point where you said, I'm not going to not anymore. And believe me, there are times in life where we just put our heads down and do what other people say we ought to without thinking about it. And it and there comes a time when we need to stop just putting our head down and doing what others say do. But I'm not talking about those instances. I'm talking about the instances where it's hard and we want to find, we want to engage in escape behaviors because it's so hard. We don't want to do it for whatever reason. Um, But we know a part of us knows that we ought to, you know, um, with this being a family podcast oriented towards families, uh, loved ones do not always have the easiest time with discipline. Loved ones do not always have the easiest time with stepping aside. I am a loved one, too. I love making I statements because I don't like to just say you all or they or you all or they. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of anything that I any, thus far, anything that. Well, the majority of the times, if I talk about things that people struggle with, Either I've struggled with it myself or I know that I'm not any better than somebody else that has struggled with it. Because whatever has has uh, had his foot in my behind has, has um I've made mistakes that are as bad as anybody else's. But um, I'm a loved one, too. I'm not completely objective. Thus, the path to get myself out of a rut may involve friends and family. So one more time, you know, somebody comes up to you that's skeptical about the gospel, somebody that's skeptical about religion in general, that thinks that religions are. Don't serve a purpose in their life and that somebody might come to you and say, if God loves us, then what is the function of suffering? Before I go into these prepared notes that I wrote This is not something this is not an a question that can be answered in a simple conversation. This isn't a question that can be answered in a in a meaningful dialogue with with, between two people, one person that genuinely doesn't know. If God wants to reach that other person, if that person is ready, willing and able to accept the truth, then we can all change right on the right on the dime. But overall, some of these types of questions, what's the meaning of life? Why do we have to suffer? Sometimes we have to hear truth for a long time before we can make it applicable to the way that we see life. I can hear it over and over and I can understand it in theory. But when it's right to me, when God reveals the truth, I don't have to hope that I get it. I know that I get it. And it puts everything else into perspective. So what this segment is, is just an opportunity to try to put forth some energy and some ideas that could contribute for the most part to when you, you know, moving along and struggling and um, or for whatever reason, you might be able to just kind of add to certain things that you've already heard and thinking about anyway but if God loves us so much what's the purpose of suffering I would like to ask you to consider scripture Psalm 34 19 specifically Psalms 30 chapter 34 verse 19 said it reports warns promises predicts that the righteous experience many afflictions. The righteous experience many afflictions. Who says that? Why you do that? The Bible says the righteous experience many afflictions. Why are you going to say something like that? Where the Bible say that? Psalms chapter 34, verse 19. The Bible says The righteous experience many afflictions. So look at it this way. The Bible promises that God will deal with the wicked as well. The Bible says over and over that vengeance is the Lord's. Therefore, people who make life difficult for those of us who love God are bound for hardships, too. We know that or most of us to read our Bibles and go to school have heard, don't envy the wicked. So we know that bad people are going to get theirs or people that look like they're enjoying things and doing things the wrong way. They have to deal with it. They have to deal. They have to make they have to make amends for their mistakes, just like we have to make amends for our mistakes. Don't be worried about what somebody else uh, why somebody else has, li- has such a good life, you and I are enjoying opportunities that our ancestors made for us. I don't care what color you are. The people that came before you 100 years ago put in a whole lot of work so that you didn't have to. So if you don't, if you're worrying about why somebody today has something that you don't have, um, you don't feel, you know, you don't feel like any, Life, any joy, any freedom that you have right now, you need to apologize for. You let that other person live their life and strive to find God. He can find them just like He found you. So don't get too caught up in what what somebody else has and making it uh, it make it, it making yourself believe that other people always have it easy because they seem to have certain things or opportunities that you don't. So, this verse confirms that righteous people. What verse again? I forget. Psalms chapter thirty-four, verse nineteen. This verse confirms that righteous people will experience hardships too. A young person or a non-believer may ask you someday, "What's the purpose of trying to do the right thing all the time?" It could be, "Why do I need to care about the poor? What can they do for me?" Or Why are you going to put restrictions on my in-group for doing things that everybody else does? Even if I do all the right things, that's not going to make a big difference. You're just trying to throw your weight around because you don't have the resources to do that to somebody else. You're bullying me. Another one. Why should I love my enemies? They don't love me. Why should I respect someone that I don't even know? A person needs to prove themselves to me first. What you call being courteous, I call censorship. Why do I need to watch what I say? If you can understand the content of what I'm saying, you just deal with it and quit crying. If you don't like it, there's the door. If you don't like America, get out. As if people that love America, that want America to be better, don't want, don't don't want the same thing you do. But if you don't like it, there's the door. Now, every one of these questions and rationalizations suggests that the person feels the need to defend his or herself. The person is talking like the other person is trying to coerce them into settling for less than they should. On the surface, this makes sense. No one wants to be talked down to. No one wants to be deceived and used. Defending against those realities is part of having a healthy mind. Where this sense of righteous indignation can be problematic, however, is when I'm convinced in my heart, that I'm being objective and logical and fair when I might not be. Sometimes my subjectivity can put blinders on my perspective. If I find myself automatically rejecting information that's crucial to my well-being, then a consequence may be one of the only things to slow me down. That's talking to peers, our age right now, I'm talking to the, an adult audience. And these are certain types of conversations you could find yourself having or thinking to yourself after you've had several conversations with people when you sit, get home and, and sit around and, and reflect on your day. Now, here's some stuff that might happen from an adult um, talking to a child or a supervisor to talking to a supervisee or a mentor talking to a mentee. Here's some examples. Why do you care what I wear? Why are you trying to make me go to church? Why do I need to take another shower? I'm already clean. Why do I need to answer your questions if you won't answer mine? That's not fair. Why are you taking my stuff? You wouldn't like it if someone took your stuff. Now, I mean, I will be honest, I don't know how old my audience is, but I kind of got a, you know, I got a built in advantage. I've got three teenagers, so, you know, I'm well versed in trying to explain and be patient and dealing with these and any number of other examples that I'm sure you can think of. When you're trying to remind somebody what's right, what they've promised that they're going to do, and they keep on doing what they want to. Now, look at these questions that your friends, family and neighbors may ask you with sober eyes. Now search for scripture and life experiences related to the situation. And the answer is right there. Good people will encounter afflictions. The Bible promises it. In addition to Psalms, chapter 34, verse 19, consider James, chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the person who perseveres under trial for having stood the test. That person shall receive the crown of life promised by the Lord to those who love him. The Bible also promises that people who become stumbling blocks for those who love God will have hard will have hard things that they have to deal with. Matthew chapter 18, verses six and seven says, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. Romans chapter nine, verse 12 says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. So again, I wanted to make sure this is like, well, if I, if I don't stand up to them, they're going to keep on pushing me around. That's true sometimes. I'm not telling you not to stand up for yourself. I'm telling you that when vengeance is in your heart, then when the whatever is irritating you goes away or the source of your frustration goes away, <clears throat> you still have Unrest in your spirit. If you're waiting for, if you're waiting to see that person suffer in your mind, imagining that person having a hard time or sitting down with people to try to take steps to make sure that who hurt you has to feel some pain too. If you're involved in that sort of stuff, then you are keeping alive the very thing that you wish you never had put on you, which is frustration, irritability. Uh, unrest. You might be engaging in trying to bring that onto other people, and I'm not. I'm not going to take a holier than thou approach and say I don't get it, I don't understand, or tell you that I've never done it myself. I'm just telling you right now, in the context of this family podcast that focuses on the fruit of the Spirit of God, you can't if you do those things. Those things can lead to punishable offenses that go against the law. But the fruit of the spirit and remembering Romans chapter nine, verse 12, I'll repeat it again. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. If you rely on the fruit of the spirit and the discernment of the scripture, then it can help you to make sure that that evil and that unrest doesn't fester in your heart and end up hurting you and the relationships that matter to you long after the person that offended you has gone on about their way, skipping and um, eating lollipops. They won't, they won't be thinking about you. The Bible also reveals that God disciplines those that he loves Hebrews chapter 12 verse six says, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. True. You know, I'm what I'm about to say is, is, is heavy. I'm coming, coming towards the end of the, um, but this is heavy. It's true. One of the things that all of us have experienced that is not easy. True, we will all die. True, all of us that are part of this particular episode have experienced bereavement due to, to the loss of someone that we love. You can find out how to deal with. Really, really tough afflictions by reading the Bible as well. Remember in Job chapter two, verse nine, Job was going through some really, 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 really hard times that hit him all at once. And in Job chapter two, verse nine, Job's wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. If you're not a Christian or if you are a Christian and not that familiar with the life of Job, I want to urge you to go and read Job chapter one through chapter two, verses nine to find out what happened to him. If you're feeling froggy, go ahead and read the entire book of Job. You'll find out. You'll find out how God responded to Job, asking him why this stuff was happening. Might not be the answer you're looking for, but you'll find out what God ended up saying to him about his questions. You will also see that God blessed Job in the end. In no small part, because he did not yield to his suffering flesh, nor the, the disinformation of his family and friends. True. We will all experience disappointment. True. True. We will all experience suffering. True. You will not comprehend God's will on your terms sometimes, but on his terms. The Bible is clear on all of these things. Spoiler alert. That's exactly what happens in the final chapters of Job. You know, just throwing that out there. Whether you put forth a lot of effort or put forth no effort to be to treat, love your neighbor as yourself, to guide and cherish your family, whether you put in a lot of effort or a little effort, you're going to experience hardships. We might experience trauma causing the quality of our lives to decline. However, let me tell you what you will never Find in the Bible, and some of these things that you will never find in the Bible can also tell you exactly why it's important to put forth the effort to love your neighbor and as yourself. What you will never find in the Bible is support that God delights in the deeds of the wicked. So don't knowingly engage in wicked behaviors, and if you do, stop, repent, and replace that behavior. Let me repeat. What you will never find in the Bible is support that God delights in the deeds of the wicked. What you will never find in the Bible is that God is pleased when we engage in sinful behavior. You will never find scripture that suggests that while his people were suffering at the hands of their enemies, that it tickled God with joy. The closest thing that you might find is where God says, thy wrath be satisfied. That is not the same thing as saying I'm happy. That's more like if someone breaks one of man's laws and causes harm to you and your loved ones, and that person ends up paying a price for it. That's justice. Something's done, which is better than nothing. But whatever they have to pay back will not remove the memory of what was already taken from you. What you will never find in the Bible is God expressing pleasure in laziness, filth, idolatry, slavery, intentional deception, pride, lust or any behavior shaped by those actions. So in the end, we should strive to be role models and good stewards and love our neighbors as we want to be loved ourselves. Forgive our neighbors as we want to be forgiven for our mistakes, because to willfully do otherwise does not pay off in the eyes of God. If those behaviors are not beneficial to you as God sees it, then what does it say about us if we choose to do it anyway? Or even worse than that, create a dependence or financial and social livelihoods on systematic cruelty oppression lust exploitation slander gossip and vengeance God does not rejoice when we do those things I don't care where we come from I don't care how hard we had things God does not rejoice when we engage in behaviors that turn people away from him Even when God was dealing with Pharaoh and his hard heart, you will never find scripture that suggests that God is pleased with Pharaoh's suffering. God explains what's going to happen to Pharaoh in Egypt and even why it's going to happen to him. But not even in Exodus will you read even a hint of scripture that suggests that God is pleased about what he knows that the Pharaoh is going to do. Now, the people that got out from under Pharaoh's uh, oppression were very happy. I am happy that the people that that the Hebrews were able to get away from Pharaoh. I'm happy with what happened. But the Bible does not say that God is glad that Pharaoh is turning away from him. Time after time after time. You're not going to find that no matter no matter what we want to believe about God and how he goes about giving justice. He does not delight in people suffering and turning away from him. If we turn away from him for a season. He wants us that love him, that genuinely love him, that genuinely want to be more like him to give up our bad habits, to give up our bad ways, our selfish and destructive behaviors so that we can be more Christ-like. There is no joy in vengeance and there is no joy in jealousy. There is no joy in sin. Therefore, there can be no joy in defending acts of vengeance jealousy sin or the like of those anything that comes from those the fleeting satisfaction that may come in exacting some form of revenge against an adversary that deserved it cannot compare to the experience of knowing that what you do is pleasing to God the last point I'll make as a parent of three kids I thank God I'm not a single parent of three kids it's a lot of people that are You're very, very strong people. I'm very thankful to be a parent of kids. My parents said it. I'm not sure I believed it in their case. But I can tell you, I do not delight in putting consequences on my children. I didn't like it when they were younger and I don't like it when they get older. Now that they're older. I don't like when life teaches lessons to my children. Even if they ignore me, if they refuse, if they genuinely use all of their strength to fight against discipline and compassion to do the right thing, I do not have joy seeing them suffer and broken. Number one, because I know that when somebody is broken, they're at a crossroads and there's not a guarantee that when they get up, they're going to learn their lesson. Some people get hurt, never look in, never think about how they can, how they uh, contributed to putting themselves in that position. End up convincing themselves that the world is against them. And instead of thinking about how they could be wiser, how they could be work harder to uh, to think about the big picture and not just what I want right away. We I, I don't delight in seeing my kids suffer. I love them enough to give them consequences. And I know when they're when they're upset at me and and they they have times where. they. They can't stand me. And no matter how much I'm trying to show that I'm loving them, I know in their minds, in their heart, in their attitude, I'm just doing blankety blank blank because I'm a blankety blank blank person. I know that comes with the territory. If you're a parent and you know what that's like, understand That is a parallel process of what it's like when we go to God with our questions because of our suffering, because of our us wanting relief, because us wanting a break. It's kind of that simple. It's not simple. It's not simple to deal with that truth. But part of why we experience the burden of being the bad guy for trying to do the right thing. Well, part of why we experience that and learn from it is because God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand what it's like because he knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us short term and long term. He knows about the hurting in between. He knows about how much it takes out of us to put forth that hard effort to do the right thing. When we know in our heart that somebody else is laughing at us or thinks that we're intimidated. And that's the reason that we're obeying God. He knows the temptation. Those are the kinds of trials that God watches and gives us the strength to come through. So that he can crown us with the crown of life. So I've put in my half hour of why is why we need to forgive. Why we need to put forth that extra effort when it seems like our neighbors don't. I've put in my little half hour today and it's not any more important than what you've learned or heard from other people. I just did my part. Hopefully you endured it to the end and you'll be able to um, continue to move forward and um, and ask God to help you to understand things. Because I know when I get off of here, I am. But I appreciate your time. Like I said, it's been 30 minutes. I'm going to get off of here myself and um, take a small break. And then when we come back, it will be Z time with King.
0: So the road we trod, bitter that chastening rod, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet, Come to the place for which our Father sighed. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out with our gloomy past Till now we stand at last Where the white gleam of our bright stars cast
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nine Points Podcast And welcome to Z-Time I'm B.H. and I'm joined by King And we are now in Z-Time And getting ready to talk about a very important topic. Um, and that is voting. i mentioned early on, uh, at the introduction that went ahead. I was able to get early voting. I voted early and my oldest son was able to vote this time. This is the first election that he was able to be a part of. I, um, Every day I've thought about it. Every day I've thought about what I'm about to say. But my grandfather would vote all the time. I mean, he voted all the time. And he passed away the day after my son's birthday this year. So he was not able to vote for this term's elections. And... While my granddad, we miss him, and he's definitely missed. I spent some time with my family today talking about putting together the pieces um, now that he and my grandmother have both passed away. Um, while my granddad's vote voting won't be happening, his great-grandson took, stepped up, and became a part of this process called voting. If you're wondering, my wife and I did not make our son vote for who we voted for. We talked to our son about the issues, the personalities that we see on TV The fact that we reminded him that what you see on TV doesn't necessarily mean that's the way that these people really are. And we trusted him to make his choices. And I know for a fact that he did not vote for everybody that I voted for. I know this and I am 100 percent fine with that. The point is he voted. The point is he wanted to vote. And the point of us having this conversation during Z time is because as a person, as a member of generation X, we might not have, we don't have the same, we're not the same cohort as people that came after us. And they might have some of the same beliefs that we did when we were that age, but even the beliefs that they have or the, or the questions that they have, They might have they might have different sources uh, to bring them clarity on it. So I wanted to talk to my son and ask him to share with you guys what it was like to vote this time around. Was it this? Did you imagine this time last year that when you'd be voting this year, that it would be quite the way that it ended up being?
2: No, I didn't expect this to happen, but. I was able to vote successfully. I did give some. I did give myself some thoughts. And I wanted to vote for the best options. But of course. That is per opinion.
1: The best. Voting for the best option. Is an opinion. It's not. It's not. A flat out fact. Because. If I vote for candidate A, I can look at my son and say, I'm voting for candidate A because these facts support candidate A. My son could come back and say, well, you know what? I voted for candidate B. Nothing against those facts that you have for candidate A, but these facts related to candidate B appeal to my way of seeing life appealed to my priorities in life. Therefore, I chose candidate B. That's how voting works. So I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad you said that you voted on what made sense to you on your opinion. Um, We had the absentee ballots. We had. We had mail, you know, had the mail come to us and and filled them in and put them in both sealed envelopes and took them back to the post office. But, you know, every election before that, I actually went in person. Um, do you, is there a part of you that wishes that you had gone in person? Um, I'll just start. There is up there a part of you that wishes you had uh, waited to go on November the 3rd.
2: I'm fine with getting my voting done with after all i am the type of person that tends to do the hardest parts first and then the easiest the next and then i relax
1: okay well down the road in the future uh, i believe that we will be getting back to having more of a unless a person Unless there are physical or psychological reasons that a person can't transport themselves to a poll, you know, to the places to vote. Um, Most of us are encouraged to go to the polling places in our neighborhoods uh, to vote in person. You know, there's always absentee ballots. But for the most part, the majority of us are encouraged to try to do it on the day of the election. So if we get back to a sense of normalcy, the next time we vote, it will be in person. Um, what do you think it's like going to vote in person? What do you think that experience is, is going to be like? And what do you think it looks like when you see people in those lines and talking right now?
2: Well, there was this one time where I went somewhere to register somewhere with Mo, um to when she was registering registering for something I'm not going to say during this podcast okay. so I kind of have an idea of what voting will be like similar but but different mm-hmm. from what I've seen that there's there's going to be booths Where you won't be able to see Who the other person's voting for I believe you get some type of Sheet of paper Either that or an index card It'll have the information you need And then you Follow the options And then you place it in You place it in the box
1: There you go That's what it's like in person. Now, son, there are people that feel like they see all of these commercials and they've seen candidates come on TV and share why they want people to vote for them. And there are people that say, I don't like any of these people. Maybe maybe saying I don't like any of these people might be too strong and simple. Maybe they say, I don't trust any of these people to do the right thing. I don't trust any of these people to keep the promises that they're making. I think that they would all say whatever they want just to get elected. Therefore, I am not going to vote because I don't see anybody that I can believe in. What would you say to that person? What would you say to people that are considering not voting because they don't see any candidates that they really feel that they can believe in? I
2: won't enforce voting on them, but I will tell them that there is at least one person that does have good intentions and it's important to vote because every single vote counts.
1: Every single vote counts. And if you. Let me, I'm going to make a statement and you tell me if you agree, if you disagree, but tell me why you agree or disagree. I believe that part of being an adult means that you have to make difficult choices. I believe that part of being an adult is. We have to go and make the best of two bad choices in our lives. When you become an adult and you and res- became responsible for myself exclusively and actually responsible for others as a parent or if I am a business owner and I'm responsible for maintaining my property and maintaining the safety of people that might be coming to my property and all sorts of things. I am responsible for 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 putting forth an effort. I am responsible for sometimes making sacrifices and not knowing that it's going to pay off right away. So voting. Which occurs, you know, infrequently might require me from time to time to look at the process and look at the people represented and say, this really does not reflect what matters to me the most. But since I'm grown and I'm expected to have to make the most out of less than ideal circumstances, every other way when they come down my path, then I will not allow myself to embrace an excuse to Say, well, I, since I don't like either one of them, I don't like this one and I couldn't possibly vote for one of them. So I'm just going to stay at home. I will not allow myself that excuse. Now, I, I said, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I am going to make the best choice that I can. You know, um, I, I want to say something, but I, I'm going to keep it to myself. But, but son, what do you think about that? That in a nutshell, I know I said a whole lot, but do you agree that just because I'm asked to make a difficult choice between two less than ideal um, candidates, that doesn't mean that I should just fold my hands and wait until I like somebody, that I need to step up and do it anyway? Do you believe that? Yes or no? And why? Well,
2: um, that's a pretty big, it's a pretty big amount of words you just told me, but I would, but I would say, but I would agree, the adult world, you do have to make difficult decisions, and, um, after all, After all, there's, there's decisions that even, like, kids have to make that are difficult. Like, haven't your parents, uh, haven't your parents ever told you that, haven't your parents ever told you, like, um, like, well, when, let me just set the scene, when making decisions, When making certain decisions, it's important to choose the decisions that are actually beneficial for you. And not just to satisfy yourself. That's something I'm thinking about. If there's something that I know it's important for me, but I want to do the other thing. Me now, I would do that option. Because sometimes... The option that I wanted to choose won't be beneficial. So I do agree with what BH says.
1: Thank you, King. And yes, I did give you a lot to think about. But you answered it very, very well. Is there anything that you'd like to share about, you know, about your about your experience that I didn't ask you about specifically that you would like to share with the world about voting this time? You don't have to, but do you, is there something that you, I'm just opening the floor for whatever comes out of your, out of your heart. If you have something you want to add before we wrap it up.
2: So I advertise you to um, vote it's important and it makes a difference for this world but but we as humans we can't really trust each other because we're we're all sinners we all do bad stuff but but still find someone that you can trust
1: Thank you, King. It's not anything I can add to that. It's beautiful. Appreciate you uh, putting your two cents, putting your two dollars in. King, sharing, sharing from the heart. And this brings us to the end of this particular podcast. Please remember that wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you. Take care. Hope to talk to you again soon.
0: God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light, Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met Thee. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget Thee shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand true to our god true to our native land